Thank you, Craig. So, Wayland Baptist University. I know that's uh, it's in the huge metropolis of Plainview, Texas. So, don't even get me started. Thank you so much for being here. I can't think of anywhere else I would rather be on the last day of 2023. Thank you so much for joining uh, us, distinguished guests. Uh, those of you who, who have called Coast home for many years, and and folks like me who just uh, this year, it's been a big year uh, for. Uh, the Griffin family, uh, we began uh, attending here at Coast about eight months, so 2023. Um, this year, I celebrated my 50th birthday. Mom didn't think that that was going to happen, but here I am, 50 years old, praise God. Um, also celebrated 20 years of marriage with my, my beautiful wife. It's, you know, the miracles just keep, you know, when it said... Your, your life is, is really just beginning. Every day I see God doing miraculous things. Um, and then I guess the, I don't want to say the crowning achievement because everything has been so amazing. But I, I first started uh, my um, college journey uh, in 1995. And uh, that was uh, at the time an engineering track and God had other plans and what he does with some of us who are a little thicker headed than others. He makes us wait a little while until we're uh, in the direction and he finally has uh, placed me in a position. And I thought I just wanted a bachelor's degree, but he said, no, uh, for, for you, it's a, a master's degree, which if you've spent any time with me, I'm no scholar, but by God's grace, uh, I have completed that education. And, and this is an opportunity to share with you some of the things that I've learned. Uh, a lot of the things will be familiar. Um, we can uh, move on. Uh, oh, there's, so that's the first time that I've ever used the MDiv title. It may never be there again, but I thought, well, you know, for this thing, thank, no, thank you. All glory to God. Uh, my wife, Lisa, knows. Uh, she saw me do my papers and read the books, and she's probably wondering, you know, God, uh, do you under, yeah, no, she, she is, uh, my biggest cheerleader and also uh, keeps me very grounded. So uh, thank you for, for being here. Uh, transition for us as a family, you know, lots of accomplishments, lots of things that have happened. Uh, this is the, the last day of the year. Um, our verse is in uh, John chapter 17, uh, beginning with verse uh, 20. Uh, if you want to hit that slide, uh, I can't read that one back there, so I will, instead of turning away from you. So let me give you a little setup of, of what this, this passage is, uh, where it's at. Um, it's a transitional passage, and it's, uh, you know, we, we think of our Father who art in heaven as the Lord's prayer. But, you know, in, in this, in this chapter, we get to see, uh, Jesus' heart right before. He knows what is coming, and he spends this. We get to spend a little time seeing into his heart and his desire. And he talks with God a little bit about, you know, complete, coming to the place where he is, is completing. Now, remember, he's, he's part of the triune God. He's, it's hard for uh, our human minds to grasp the the, the breadth, the, the, the gravity of who God is, but we recognize Christ as part of that 
triune God. And he is having this, this conversation, this uh, communication with the Father um, before, really, the, the last week of his life. And uh, he begins to pray for his disciples, those to who he has spent the last three years bringing up, educating, talking to them about what the kingdom of God is and who he is. And they have, they have come to believe. They, they get it. Uh, you know, Peter, uh, the great um, uh, admission, the, when he said, you're Christ, the living God, you, he recognized the disciples got it. Now, didn't mean that they weren't still weak humans that because not too long, they're going to fall away for a little while. But that's okay. And something I want to encourage uh, those of us here in, in church. Um, if you are here or if you're listening online, somebody somewhere you have come in contact with is a Christ follower. And you may or may not be in that position where you're saying, Oh yes, I am a wholehearted believer follower of Christ. But I want to maybe let you think about something that maybe at one time, as a child, you said, I believe. God touched your heart in a a capacity where you, it made sense to you. And then as you grew up, you thought, well, maybe I was just a naive child. Don't discount that experience that God gave you as a child to further develop your faith and belief in Christ because it is where salvation is at. There is nothing that happens from a child's childlike faith in Christ to an adulthood where all of a sudden you are so much wiser on the scheme of the infinite wisdom of God. That childlike faith is saving faith. And all God is waiting for is for you to say, to come back and say, you know what? I believed a little bit then, Father. Help my unbelief. Bring me back into fellowship with you. You could call it many different things. Some people will use big words like repentance. But it's basically saying, Father, I still want to be yours. And I'm sorry. And I come back. I'm here. Don't discount that childlike faith. And for those of us who are, you know, doing our best to be Christ followers, take it easy on yourself. We, we're still a work in progress. God is not finished with us. But back onto the, the passage, um, we'll pick up where an interesting spot at the, at the end of the chapter, Jesus says, I do not ask for these only, but for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be in us, so that the world may believe you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire they also whom you have given me 
may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. I have a tradition when the the few times that I have preached, I pray after I read the scripture. So join me in in giving this time over to the Father. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you for uh, Coast Bible Church. Thank you for your church. Father, we have believers here from uh, uh, around the county and uh, we just are so thankful for what you do with your words in our hearts when we publicly declare who you are. Uh, Father, we give you this time. We ask that you would uh, fill it with your spirit, that you would touch each one of us uniquely, that you would call us, that it would change us, that we would be the people, the church, the body of Christ that you have called us to be. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. So there's a lot going on, obviously, with this um, scripture. Uh, But one of the things that I want to focus on uh, in our short time together is uh, for those who will believe in me through their words. That's us. Here we are 2,000-ish years after Jesus has this prayer. And uh, there's an old saying of, of standing on the shoulders of giants. Somewhere along the line, we heard the gospel. Somewhere along the line, it made sense. Maybe just a little bit, but we're here. And we're here on the last day of 2023, and Jesus is not done with us. God is not done declaring his message, making a way uh, for eternal life for us. And what what does he pray for Coast Bible Church or Movement Church or wherever you attend regularly? We ask, what, 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 is, what is it that God in his, right before he takes on probably the hardest week that anybody has ever had to go through, what is he praying for? That they may all be one. That they may be in us, one. Not just one, but perfectly one. Unity. Jesus is praying for those who come 2,000 years, that we would be unified as a body. I think Coast is, uh, and the church, the Christian church around the world, but Coast specifically is in a transition, a transition week. As I and my family are in a transition from being a student to whatever God sees is is next, we are looking to uh, better serve our, our Savior, being the people that he has called us to be. <laughs> There's a couple of words in red that really jump out at me. So first we're going to look at unity, but we're also going to talk a little bit about glory. Glory is one of those words, the Greek uh, doxa, and there's different variations, but there is a lot. If you uh, are a scripture geek like me, and maybe not, maybe it's just something, take a look a little bit, spend a little time on what glory means. So one of the things that glory means is kind of highlighting or maybe giving attention to. And so when Jesus says, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them. If you notice, 
when Jesus, after his week, death, burial, resurrection, ascension to heaven, the church didn't die. It was by God's attention that those disciples were able to carry the message. The Spirit was at work highlighting, giving the attention to those, to those where 2,000 years in tiny coast Bible church, grand whatever church that's meeting on Main Street all over the United States and all over the world. That kind of glory is what he's given to his, his followers. Now, the next glory, and I think uh, we can move to the, to the next slide uh, to go. Um, this is the kind of, of glory and also the kind of unity that Jesus is praying that we will be able to, to join into. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Another from this same uh, uh, book in the Bible, the Gospel of John, in the very beginning, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So, that idea of God being one, but God being a community. That his spirit was hovering over and words came from somewhere that created light. And John, the uh, apostle, recognizing that that's how intimately connected, how one, how united that the Godhead is... In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Go ahead and uh, hit, hit the next slide. This is what the Word of God created, and that's, <laughs> picture doesn't do it justice. There is an infinite expanse that our Creator, so big, so hard to understand, is joining us into uh, asking us to join, praying for us to be united in the same kind of unity that can create that. Amazing. Crazy. On our next slide, you can see another verse that kind of breaks it down. Within the same area in Genesis, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Go ahead and hit the next slide. We just went from infinitely, the, the, the telescopes, they haven't reached the ends of what God has created. Um, an old term, unfathomable. <laughs> You can't reach the, the bottom of it, or you can't reach the far reaches of it. And then we hear about God creating the fish and the earth and the things that dwell on it. And in the same way, we can't get to the edge of the universe to figure out how far 
where God's creation ends, it's the same way microscopically. The better our microscopes get, the more there is there to see. And I got news for them. They're not going to reach. They're not going to see. Oh, that's where it ends. That is the kind of unity. That took an amazing God to create. And here is Jesus inviting us into that kind of unity. I in them. All of those terminologies that he is using about when we, when he gives us faith in Christ, we get to join that kind of relationship, that, ty- that kind of community. And then probably the one that uh, most people are familiar with on our next slide. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold... The heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. That same voice that said, Let there be light, said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. There's another verse that says, listen to him. He's got a lot to say. I sent him. This is important what he's doing. Your faith in him is going to have eternal impact on you. When I first uh, began owning my faith, I guess, you know, I I had uh, back then, my loving parents uh, gave me a King James version of the Bible. And as a, a new believer, I, you know, took to reading, thinking I was going to, you know, figure this stuff out and it was going to be, uh, it's all going to make so much sense. And uh, I remember, you know, working through the Gospel of John and coming to this verse. Uh, go ahead and, and, and pull the next slide. And when you're in a uh, King James version, not the new King James, just a, a you know, thee, thou, and I come across all of these pronouns that say I, these, those, there, they, you. It, it wiped me out. I, 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 it, was, it, was, it was too much. There was too many things going on. And it, had, it was awkward. It wasn't fun to read. It, didn't, it was so deep that I think probably for a few years I grazed over it. And I thought, okay, maybe there'll come a time when... Uh, that makes a, a lot more sense. But that are in me, I in you, they be in us, I in them, you in me, that invitation, that prayer that Jesus, the creator, the God of the universe, who was there before the foundation, is praying this For those who believe through their word. He's praying for me. He's praying for me that I will be, but God, what do I do with my awkwardness? What do I do when I feel like, the next slide. Anybody? I I confess. I'm awkward. I, if you've talked to me, those of you that have met me here at Coast, my, my men's group knows he's he, I, I, just me. And 
I have apologized. I will continue to apologize. Anybody that, that deals with me. And I think that's how a lot of us feel when we go to church. Uh, I've even heard, you know, I, I know I should be in church, but it's just so awkward. And I, I hate the greeting part because I'm not really a handshaker. And then there's people who want to hug me like a frog, and I'm not really that kind of a guy. And after a little bit of time, God started working with me. And when I started to try to own my own faith, I began to recognize well, there's more going on here than when I focus on what I'm feeling, how I'm feeling about going to church. God has a a bigger design on his plans for creation, thank God, than my feelings. How comfortable I am and what things that mean so much to me don't necessarily mean so much to God. Our next passage, we find there is a lot in what God has and is doing in his church. Wherever believers in Christ gather in his name, 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 14 says, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body, that would would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were the eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So when you find yourself in a community of believers and... You find yourself saying, like the hand says to the foot, I can't relate to that foot. I can't. You think the foot, that part of our body, if you think of yourself and you think of the many parts that make you up, the hand would say, I don't like the idea of putting socks on me. And I don't want the weight and the pressure of the entire body on me. They don't relate, but in unison, they carry us to do things like hold our child, teach our youth, hug our spouse, speak truth, tell somebody, I love you. Thank you for being a part of my life. Similarly, on our next slide in Romans 12, for as in one body, we have many members And the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. And individually, members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. If in prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If in service, in our serving. 
The one who teaches in his teaching. The one who exhorts in exhortation. The one who contributes, contributes in generosity. The one who leads with zeal. And the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. You start to see some of the acts of the church. Some of the things that we are expected as a body of Christ to be engaged in. And no, it's okay that you don't relate to the person sitting next to you. Give God time. He may form you into a unit that is capable to proclaim his gospel. Not may, he will. But he's not going to make you do it. He requires a willing participant most of the time. Sometimes he carries out his will because he's God. But he likes when we come along as willing followers of Christ and we submit to his leadership and we submit to his word that says, remember when I was still here with you, I prayed for you to be one, to be a unit. Okay. So as we continue with our, uh, our scripture references, we go back. So what is all of this unity for? Is there... Is there a a, a particular reason why Jesus is praying for our unity? So that the world may believe that you have sent me. The world may know that you have sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Even as you loved me. So they need to believe. Why? What do we do as a church? We proclaim the gospel. We tell people about Jesus because there's something, just as I was talking about, even if it was when you were a child and at one point in time it made sense, that faith of a child, that belief has eternal significance. And God is way bigger than I'm ever going to be able to teach you from up here of like, that is so hard to make sense. There is going to come a time when you're going to have to say, You know what? With what little capacity I can, I believe, Jesus. I I believe. I believe that you love me. I believe. And let go. Because that's the requirement. Believe in Jesus for your salvation. And become a part. Become involved. Because there are other people who are waiting to have eternity opened up for them. It's that important. These are some scriptures that kind of give us a, a more, a better way to say it than I can say it. Now this is eternal life that they know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And in John 20 verse 31, but these are written so that you may believe that Christ is Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. It's, it's, what we are, it's what we are about as the church. And it's okay. I have a, a seven-year-old daughter, and she's brilliant. I can't imagine. She must have got it from Lisa because she's just such an amazing mind. And that's great in a lot of ways but she's trying to understand the gospel in a 
a human. She's trying to wrap her little head around it. And she will say things like, I want to believe, but I, I just don't know if I can believe yet. And it's so crazy because I, as a father, coming from where I come from, is like, I can see the fingerprints of God on that in so many different ways because somebody that is not saved is not going to say, I want to believe. And she's going to have her own journey. It's going to be personal. And me and mommy can, can read the Bible to, to her and, and take her to uh, uh, Christian schools and put her in Sunday school. But this is going to be an individual between her and God relationship. But I see, I see the fingerprints of God already working. And she's wrestling with this. And praise God, she's wrestling with this because it's eternity we're talking about here. Um, before I get too misty, let's move to the next slide. So, likewise, this is one of those things, and there's transverse. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what's the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints. Once you become a follower of Christ, you are a saint. It doesn't take, um, yeah, we'll leave that alone. According to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, we love this verse, right? As a, as a church, when bad things happen, we love to use this. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are calling, called according to his purpose. His purpose. That's the thing. Yes, God is capable of taking whatever happens in your life and work. But it's not about your comfort, your awkwardness, your include, your, however you feel, it's about His purpose. We can never forget this is His creation. And I gave my life to Christ. For me, it is that. That I have to go that I have to go there with it. I have to say that belief I recognize I'm a mess without Christ. I would end up in all kinds of troubles because I put Adam on the throne where God is supposed to be. Where Jesus, where the creator of of everything, the king belongs on his throne. When I take me and put me in his place, bad things happen. And I recognize, Father, I give you my life. Christ, live in me. Be, use me, because that is my best life. That is the way that the things are going to go. The best for me is when I submit my life to Christ, because his plan is what I want. His direction that person that I come into contact with, that he utilizes me to give them access to eternity. Praise God. That even for today, Pastor Tom is, he's able to spend some time with his family. Having father-daughter, father-son, husband-wife moments with his family because he had a loving father that provided somebody to step up and say, yeah, you know what? I'll preach a sermon for this Sunday. It's the kind of loving father that we have. He does give us great gifts. 
But he also does so much more when we put him on the throne, when we submit our lives to Christ. Moving on to our next slide. As a church, as today's church, what are the things that we want to do as coast or as the body of believers in which you gather with? First of all, if I can encourage you, be with a body of believers. If it's a house church, if it's some friends that you know follow Jesus, if it's a congregation, if it's a community, if it's coast, go in. Be a part. Let yourself be known. Get to know somebody. Because that's where you're going to figure out what part of the body you are. Are you the hand? Are you the voice? God's amazing. He can use... Sometimes you're going to be doing one thing in one congregation and you might be doing something else. I've been blessed to be involved with my moves over the country. I've, I've gotten involved with many different churches. And sometimes I, I go and I, I shake hands and I'm, I'm just a, a, an attender. I, I, I get a, a, a good message. I'm able to gather with the believers. I'm able to to financially support the ministry. And then there's times when I get called, hey, we need help in leadership. Hey, we, we need time. We need somebody with a worship group. We need somebody to run the audio visual, uh, the technical stuff, the setting up the stage, making sure that there is coffee for people so they feel as comfortable as you can in an awkward situation where you come together with people that you don't relate to except that we are all part of an eternal family, of Christ's family. So we worship together, we do this. We come together, we praise God's name, we, we read from the word, they've been doing this <laughs> thousands of years. The, the Hebrew scriptures before the, the time when there are, you're, you're, you're coming into a, a, a thing that's been done. We pray together. This body and many bodies gather certain times of the week. Uh, something we are going to start uh, in our attempts of being better at uh, unifying our body is uh, praying, offering prayer after the service. So if something touches you, you, don't, you, you could be right here. There'll be a table and Lindsay will will set up and we're going to tell you more about it over the next coming weeks. But this is things that we're intentionally trying to do to add to our already uh, valuable resources. Uh, back, Back to that slide. We go on mission together. That's something else that in the very near future you're going to see a a bigger emphasis on. Uh, We spend quality time. Just hang out. Just have fun. Uh, the group of men that I get together with every other week, uh, our connect group, it's the church. It's a body of Christ followers. And sometimes it's to watch a football game. But the unity that comes from that, what a blessing. What, 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 uh, uh, I'm so thankful for that. God offers that to you, but you have to become, if I had not not gotten involved in a body and I had not joined a church and put myself out there in the uncomfort, I would never enjoy this kind of community. 
the good, the bad, the joys. We share life together. So a lot of that, we have loss. Part of living is dying. And to have somebody to walk through those difficult times with. Okay, next slide. So as I was doing my research for what this body is, uh, what a rich history. What a rich history Coast Bible Church has. Uh, I was just, I enjoyed the video so bad, so much. Uh, and, and this is, it's okay because I, but Colleen sends out this email and this, or, or this, uh, the email and then also the, the link online of the church bylaws and constitution. And it's been around for a long time. I think this church started in a house in like 1967, something like that. So we are standing on the giants, the shoulders of giants here recently that we are still able to come together as a body of believers. Um, But on page five of article two, in the last uh, couple of slides, uh, I'm gonna close with these, these things, is it gives how we do these things. So as we look to the future, we, we recognize that we're coming from 2,000 years and, and in this church, you know, 60-ish odd years of Christ followers working to become unified for Christ's purpose, to make Jesus known, to connect people, to serve our King but in doing so, enriching our lives, you know, abundant life, lives in community where we can get together. So I encourage you to go through, find out the church where you're at, utilize the resources. It's very easy to come Sunday morning, hear the sermons, great, feel good, great music this morning, and go home and let that part of your life Jesus has so much more in store for you, but he, he needs a willing participant. He wants somebody to be there with you. As I close in prayer, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up, but I also want to let you know that I will be here. Doug, anybody that you know up front, uh, feel free to always, if anything that I said, hey, I have a question, uh, We have resources, get online, um, but join me as we close in prayer. Heavenly Father, you are more than we could ever imagine, and yet you give us your scripture to encourage us. Uh, Father, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Give us the ability to trust you in our childlike faith, in what we think is our adult faith, we ask for your spirit to move within the hearts of those who have heard your scripture today and how you can only touch our hearts and minds. We praise you for this time. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.